Welcome to episode 38. I'm your host, Kevin Wallace, and boy, do we have a show for you today. I mean, part one, it's the segment everybody is talking about. You can't stop tweeting about it, assuming that website still works in the 11 out of the 18. Part two, Folks, the World Cup is upon us. We need to talk about this U.S. Men's National Team game. Also, I mean, we're taking next week off, so this is really maybe our last chance to talk about uh, the U.S. Men's National Team if, if things go sideways for them in Qatar. And then finally, we wrap it up with some FC Cincinnati news. Weirdly busy week for FC Cincinnati. Players in, players out, and that'll be your episode 38. Joining me to talk about all of that, you already know who we have on the podcast here. We've got the Chief. We've got Grayson. Chief, the World Cup is knocking on our door. How are we feeling? I don't know, but whenever you say knocking on the door in relation to the Qatari government, I am worried that I'm about to be taken away somewhere and never seen again. So we might want to very- just... We might want to back down on the unannounced knocking when it comes to World Cup. That's a very legitimate fear. And, I, saw some, um, I, I saw some Dutch journalists that were being told they had to destroy footage. We had, you know, America's bald-headed weirdo journalist Grant Wall being told he can't take photographs. Incidentally, by the way, if this entire Qatar World Cup ends with Grant Wall in a Qatari prison, that's by far the funniest outcome that we can possibly have. And I'll consider this entire World Cup a success. I bet you get pretty good odds on a, a British betting site on a, a journalist detention happening before the first kickoff. That feels it feels like safe money uh, for somebody who Grayson, likes to for yeah. somebody who likes to virtue signal as much as Grant Wall does. He has also loved dropping on Twitter for the last like month or so that he'll be in Qatar covering the World Cup, and <laughs> yes. you know sometimes it's like. It's like, oh, I feel bad. I'm going to be missing my first Thanksgiving in many years, but I'll have to be in Qatar covering the World Cup. And other, and other times it's like, oh, um, it's, you know, Qatar's bad and whatever, but you got to be there. You got to do your job. And so sure. it's, like, it's you, all right, man. It's OK. What would you, you can better? go cover a World Cup. You don't have to ration. You don't have to like we're not going to think you're a bad person because you went to cover to cover the right. World Cup and Cutter, we think you're a bad person because of everything else about you. <laughs> we think you're a bad person because you're an insufferable twat. Yeah, there, there's that part of it. <laughs> what, what would be the longer odds on the British betting site? Would it be Grant Wall gets arrested by and thrown into a Qatari jail, or it turns out Grant Wall took the deal and is accepting Qatari money in exchange for favorable coverage? <sighs> So you accept the deal, but the coverage you give isn't that good. Like, it's pretty good, but it's not that good. Are you paid in advance? Do you take half up front? What does the arrangement look like if it's not as positive as they thought they were paying? The arrangement <laughs> so, is they take it back from you and they forcibly detain you in a jail somewhere, I think. That's probably a good point. They, they have your youngest child as as a down payment, yeah. So I, I actually have a... Th- so, Grant Wall, I'm sure you guys saw the tweet. Maybe not everybody is listening to this saw it, but he had that tweet where he said, I took a picture of the cutter symbol on the wall and a security guy came up to me and asked me to please delete it. And, you know, whatever. I would like to, I would like to see the picture because I think there are different cultural norms there between taking pictures with people in them yeah. than they are here. Because... Yeah. 
it would not surprise me if that guy who asked the picture to be deleted was in the picture that Grant Wall took. Yes. And was actually asking him to delete it because he didn't want to be in somebody's picture without his without his consent because and Grant Wall just, you know, thought that it was like the 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 boots the rainbow colors the, the, or whatever. The yeah. cutter like on his neck because there was yeah. a there was a security thing that went around, like a presentation. And one of the points was like don't arrest people for taking pictures and stuff, but if somebody is in the picture they're allowed to ask that the picture be deleted. Yeah, right. Because I think you'd have to have your head on a swivel as like a security guard in Qatar that you don't want to be in any photo that might create negative publicity for the government because it doesn't matter if you're just minding your business, it's going to get taken out on you. That right. either A, you should have stopped whatever it is that was causing the negative publicity or B, you should have removed yourself from the situation so it doesn't seem like whatever's going on is state-sponsored. I mean, either yeah. way, if you're in a photo... I'm guessing there's some probably tremendously negative consequences that can attach to you. And uh, Tommy G took a picture of the cutter logos and right. posted it on Twitter. There's no people in it. Apparently he had no problem. So I do like the idea of like Grant Wall, like looking around every corner and thinking he's being surveilled by the government. <laughs> and Tommy G is just like kind of, kind of putzing around just right. like, Oh, I love being a cutter guys. Right. Or maybe like, <laughs> I like the idea too, that like Grant Wall's photo is on like everyone's like police board, like watch out for this man. <laughs> this he's is woke. the troublemaker. And like, nobody yeah. gives a fuck who Tommy G is. Cause he's just some doofus from Cincinnati. That's not going to cause any problems. And we say oh. doofus with love. We do. Yeah. We We're do. all doofuses yeah. from Cincinnati. He's, he's our doofus. God damn it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Grayson, to your point, um, I've heard Qatar has one of the most strict, uh, like public image laws that like, yeah, to your point that like you, you don't just get to film like your vacation photo at the beach or whatever. Like if you have random people in your photos, in your videos, that's a problem. And regardless of whether you're doing a deep investigative work or not, like they really don't want people's photos being captured. And my understanding with the Dutch thing was that they were apparently in a private shop mall area and that's why those guys were a little extra zealous uh but i guess they didn't realize that those guys had permits signed by like the emir or whatever of, of qatar that was like overrode whatever their little private rules were so uh, so I, I'm, interesting not stuff. To, I'm not trying to do cover for the cutter for the qatari right, government here right. right but like not everything is the gestapo <laughs> Right. <laughs> there is like room for, you know, cultural misunderstandings. Like I was when I was in Morocco, when I was in college, um, I put my feet up on the seat on the train opposite mine. Oh, and yeah. And the uh, uh, um, the the ticket taker guy uh, yelled at me and he said, uh, if I if I see your feet up again, I will let you off the train without your shoes. And, uh, and I think least, it's something. At least, at least he's letting you keep your feet. Right. So, and I think that, I think there is like a thing over there with like, it's really disrespectful to, to show somebody the bottom of your, of your foot, yeah, which is yeah. like what also was happening with the guy that threw the shoe at George W. Yeah. Bush. Like that was like the most disrespectful thing you could pot, he could think of to like possibly do. And it's just like, they're, you got to look out for stuff like that when you're traveling the world. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, also, secret police. You do need to look out for those. They they do exist. For sure. <laughs> um, speaking just, of secret, all I, think, all, I no, all, all I think about all I think about with this is that scene in Parks and Rec where they meet the Venezuelan embassies, and the <laughs> yes, guy's just going yes. over like, believe it or not, jail. You do this, straight to jail. jail. You do that, jail. You don't do that, straight to jail. Believe it or not, for that, jail. <laughs> it uh yeah it's a it's a fascinating country i would highly recommend anybody to check out the um uh the guardian i think has done the best job of like tackling the cultural issues around this world cup they've they've done a good job of bringing in different authors and experts and stuff so they've had a, an interesting uh perspective on that this whole time especially their their soccer podcast really good for that stuff it's the most popular soccer podcast in the world. Why am I advertising them? Anyway, uh, in the 11 out of the 18, how are we feeling about this, Chief? Who is in your 11? Who's out of the 18? Uh, feel free to make it an FCC player who's been cut or added. That seems no. to be in, in no, vogue no, no, right no. now. We're not, we're not doing that. <laughs> my, in, my in the 11 uh, this week is the UK, because it turns out at Cincinnati, we're getting a direct flight to London, Thanks to British Airways, we are finally crawling back into international relevance. You can now fly (laughs) nonstop at a CVG to Paris on Delta and now a British Airways direct flight to London. Um, Both cities. We were discussing this on the the Discord. Both cities in Europe. Yeah. All the only cities that matter in Europe. There's none other at all. Um, (laughs) No, it turns out that back in the day in Cincinnati, you used to be able to get a direct flight from Cincinnati to London, but not Heathrow, Gatwick, it turns out, which is, you know, nerdy aviation talk. Paris, Rome, Frankfurt, and I think Barcelona. So we used to be kind of a happening place. And until recently, the only international destinations you could get to in Cincinnati, I think, were Cancun and uh, Toronto, maybe, on a direct flight. So... Nice. We're back. We're back. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> Thank you, Delta. Thank you, our, our lovely Delta overlords, for letting this happen. <laughs> and um, just uh, shots fired at the MLS, too. Like, struggling to get a foothold in this country, and now they're making it easier to get over and see your favorite EPL team play. <laughs> I was going to say, Tyler Black is probably stoked about this move. <laughs> or he would be if his contract was going to get renewed here. Well, so. well you, you know. You know. You know. <laughs> Uh, and who or what or or whatever pronoun is uh, out of your 18 here? Yeah, my out of the 18 is Ticketmaster. So yeah, that's um, fair. <laughs> they're having themselves a week this week um, with Taylor Swift tickets going on sale and then the system crashing and waiting rooms of 10,000 people deep and then finally announcing today that they're just canceling the public on sale because apparently they are giving up. They have pre-sold every ticket they're going to sell, and I'm assuming that the rest of the tickets they haven't sold are just going to end up on their official platinum site where you pay 10 times the cost. You basically pay scalper prices to buy tickets that have never actually been purchased by anyone. And um, I'm always just in on any opportunity to shit on Ticketmaster it's legit the worst site ever. It's the worst business ever. It served a purpose back like in the 90s when it was founded, <laughs> where it was the alternative to waking up in the morning and waiting in line at the box office to get tickets, where great, we have an alternative now. But now it's just it's, it's bullshit. And every year it gets more bullshit. And it's it's long past time that they go away. 
so that we can see who the true villains are. And that's the artists themselves for charging exorbitant prices <laughs> yes. and using Ticketmaster <laughs> as a cover for everyone. So yes, <laughs> let me get mad at like let America get mad at Taylor Swift. She's the real villain here. If she had wanted to not do this and not sell her tickets like this, she could have chosen to do it. I saw Ed Sheeran over in the UK when I was there this past spring, and he had like real strict requirements for how his tickets were sold. They had to be sold all at once. Once they were resold, they had to be sold for face value. You weren't allowed to scalp them. They had to be done through an official site to do it. There's no ticket brokering. Like the artists can control all of this if they want. And somebody like Taylor Swift could absolutely has the clout to say no bullshit on tickets, no exorbitant fees, no official platinum seats, uh, no ridiculous pre-sale requirements or credit card pre-sales or yeah. all this other nonsense. If there's one artist on the planet that has the clout to do it, it's Taylor Swift. And she's getting a free pass because of how evil Ticketmaster is as a villain. So let's get rid of Ticketmaster and let's let's get rid of that that veil that they can hide behind the artists as they, as they greedily scam fans out of tons of money. You know, it is it is in situations like this where you really find out like, because you think you know these artists, right? You because right. they they get these big followings. There's the there's the Swifties and people who follow Taylor Swift's life so closely, and it's like you think you know her. You think she's one of the good one of the good ones, but it is stuff like this that shows you that like they're not your friends. They're not you know good or whatever. They're just another person trying to make money under this system. And they're trying to make the most money they can, and they don't really care about you, you know. As separating from like people like Louis C.K. who, <laughs> who sells, wait, who wait, sells wait, his wait, tickets. Wait, who sells his tickets? I don't know. I don't know anything else about him, but I know he does sell his tickets uh, directly, you know. And he does yeah. the distribution of his specials on his own. You know, he's not going through like Amazon or something. I mean, I'm not a fan of comedy. I don't really know like what. <laughs> you know, I don't know like his comedy that much, but I know like his business practices uh, seem like stuff that maybe other people should should emulate. Yeah, um, certain certain <laughs> business practices. <laughs> other um, ones we can leave behind. <laughs> but uh, you know, the thing about Ticketmaster is like nobody likes it. But you know, you talk about these like corporate behemoths like Google, Amazon, Facebook. You get like these big villains like Elon Musk. Nah, nah, yep. nah. The big, the real Godzilla is Ticketmaster. Nobody yeah. likes it. They've taken and they've never apologized None. for any no. of it. They've not done. They've they've given no quarter, no concessions. <laughs> they've they they took on Pearl Jam in the nineties. I was just saying, and Pearl beat Jam them into submission. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Pearl Jam is friends with them now. Oh, geez. Pearl Jam has surrendered. Boo. Like, it's, it's crazy. Like, this really is, like, like the unstoppable force. The final what, boss of, like, they have of like have, consolidation in the economy. Because yeah, they bought Live Nation and nobody yes. did a I damn think, thing yeah. about it. Like, they've got to have photos of politicians at this point. Because, like, you would think at some point, someone would have come up with a better system to Ticketmaster like Apple tickets or Google tickets or whatever. But no, Ticketmaster keeps on keeping on. They buy venues 
Uh, yeah, so they, they have venues, they, radio stations, right? Aren't they like yeah, they owned own, by iHeart or whatever? Like they've Ugh. got radio stations, they've got venues, they sign artists up so that artists are exclusively distributed distributing through Ticketmaster. It's like Jesus. How is this legal? Right. <laughs> and they're they're Yellowstone Ranch. They just they just take on everybody. You guys you guys don't watch Yellowstone? No. No. You're I thought this was like a, a, the I only this was two a dad people podcast. <laughs> it came fuck? highly recommended to me earlier this week, and I, I come to find out it is the number one stream show in the world. And it is so good. My dad loves Yellowstone. He loves Yellowstone. <laughs> Yellowstone is so good that it's like the number one stream show, and it and the new season is on not Paramount Plus, Paramount Network. It's a separate app. It got promoted. <laughs> I, bet, I bet you didn't even know this app existed. Nope. But it's got like the number one show on streaming. Jesus. I'm still emotionally recovering from uh, Andy Circus being unable to swim in Andor. Just total oh, gut no. punch. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I will say with uh, Ticketmaster, there, there is one silver lining, which is all of the Swifties uh, collectively seem to have developed a, uh, a class consciousness overnight and are like railing against capitalism on TikTok. So there, there was some positive to come out of this is the, the next generation of, of the proletariat has, uh, has finally been awoken to the struggle that they're already in. Um, also, the the alternative is so clearly lotteries. Again, as a pro lottery <laughs> podcast, you should be able to enter for a $1 fee for the right to, to win the ability to buy the whatever it is, $200 ticket. Come on. It's just so obviously the answer, but whatever. I also, uh, listen, to, to, that's to how the state it. should just run this like liquor. The state, the state does the liquor lottery for bottles of like Pappy. Right. Oh my you just God, sign up so true. and you get, and there's no markup. It's done it at, at at just retail price, we, this is another thing that the free market is adding nothing here. <laughs> this should um, be nationalized. You know um, what makes it worse too is that the concerts for Taylor Swift are happening in a collectively owned stadium by the county. I mean, come the fuck on! We're so close. <laughs> I, I also thought of when Grayson said business practices that should be emulated. The other person that sprung into mind of who refuses to charge exorbitant prices for tickets and sells directly to the fans is Kid Rock, another person. <laughs> Man of the people. Another person we should all be emulating. We're, cl we're class. We're a class reductionist on this. We're materialists on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, chief. Um, I'll say in my 11 uh, is going to be, I mean, I'm going to throw this one in here. Uh, the Apple TV deal, again, uh, speaking of class consciousness, 100 bucks a season isn't that bad. I mean, no. I, I know I'm like the weirdo online defending it. Uh, Jonathan Tannenwald of the uh, Philly Inquirer was like really upset by the pricing here. I There is no comparable. That tells you it's good. Right. <laughs> right if yeah, he's actually. pissed off, that tells you it's good. Which means that the head the headline in the Philadelphia Inquirer will be MLS sets reasonable pricing for all season tickets. <laughs> right, right. But like, there's no comparable 
package in American sports this because there are no blackouts. Everybody keeps comparing it to the Sunday ticket or or the NBA League Pass. Those only exist for out-of-market games. So the the team that you are probably a fan of, you can't watch. And then any nationally televised games are immediately excluded from that deal. Even the NHL's deal on ESPN has those restrictions. So 15 bucks a month, yes, that on its face is expensive. I would never spend that. I would just go ahead and buy the season for 100 bucks. And if you're a diehard, you're probably a season ticket holder. And honestly, for like 120 bucks, you get a Bailey's ticket. For an extra 20 bucks, you actually get a seat in every single game. I don't know. That seems like a decent deal to me. It's um it's interesting to me too because like there are certain types of paywalls, like all sports are behind a paywall. The only sport that isn't behind a paywall for the most part is the NFL in terms of your local game. But even the NFL, if you want to watch Monday night football, that's on ESPN. Um, They have games that are now on Amazon and you've got to have the Amazon package in order to watch that. 120 bucks a year. Right. Like we think about paywalls, but it's like, okay, the NBA you have to have TNT to watch the majority of the games if you want to watch national games. That's a $65 a month cable subscription. That's a paywall. <laughs> like, we have to expand what you're thinking about with paywalls with this sort of thing. And so, like, this idea that, like, oh, well, now how is MLS going to find an audience? It's like, I don't know, the same way the fucking Reds do when they were on Fox Sports Ohio, right. which was a paywall where you had to subscribe to a basic cable package or the same way that, you know, any other sport does, the, I, the Blue I'm Jackets. So, I'm so so glad you brought this point up because this is something that's been driving me nuts is everybody says this is a bad way to grow the game sports fans don't become sports fans that way nobody like imagine like at the height of like the golden state warriors you're just like a random person that has never heard of or seen basketball in your life and you're channel surfing and you come across the warriors and you're like oh my god this sport is so good i am a diehard golden state warrior fan now because i was able to watch this game that's not how it happens this is not how new sports fans are created so i I think it's silly to cater to this idea that people are going to bump into the game and become diehards and start, you know, singing about tater tots and DoorDash commercials or whatever. No, and, um, and, honest, and honestly, <laughs> like, there are no casual MLS fans. No. Like, that, that idea that, like, oh, you're going to lose the casual fan, uh, you can look the ratings numbers up for MLS games. Like, national games featuring FC Cincinnati did under 200,000 viewers nationally. <laughs> That's that's an absurdly low number. No one is just casually following MLS. You know what leagues people casually follow if they're soccer fans? The Premier League. People casually follow that league. Why? Because all the best players are over there. And it's an English language league and it's easy to consume. Everyone that follows MLS is a fucking hardcore. It it, it just is. And the way you become an MLS fan is you have someone take you to an MLS game. A buddy yes. has a ticket to the game. They bring you to the game. And then they tell you, oh, yeah, you can watch these games if you subscribe to Apple TV or we share you share my login. Like what's, what's going to happen with everyone that has fucking season tickets to this team. Yep. Like the idea that people stumble across an MLS game and that's how MLS grows the league is absurd. You can look at the ESPN national numbers that like the viewership drops off from whatever the lead into MLS games were. <laughs> like people turn the TV off when MLS games come on yes. television. And the other thing that I was explaining to someone on Twitter 
is that, well, you know, we're losing star 64. Like that, that's never a long-term proposition. Like soccer no. is the absolute worst sport to broadcast over the air because there's no commercial inventory. You can't stop and take a commercial break. At least with ESPN and Fox, they're making money if you just subscribe to their service. Star 64 was a money loser for this club. Their only goal was to break even with it. So yeah. that's not going to help you sign players or make additions. You got to make money on your TV deal. And yeah, expecting that it was being to be given away for free in perpetuity, which is silly. No. And remember, FCC tried to monetize the local broadcast rights already on uh, whatever the fuck that thing was. Flow uh, Sports. Flow Sports. Flow Sports. They backed out because of the, uh, the, the fan, you know, pushback or whatever. And the only reason why they didn't find another paid partner is because the league told them not to because something like this was probably going to come so they were already trying to find a way out of the uh the star 64 deal sorry <laughs> so there, there's there's two things i think that you could that that are that could be done or are going to happen in in one case going to happen that that will grow the game more and i i think that the, the tv stuff that's just making money you're just trying right. to make money right uh one is I suggested this on, I think, like our first episode or maybe one of our very first episodes is like, why haven't there been like a drive to survive or hard knocks or welcome to Wrexham type type show for for MLS? I mean, people are watching the fucking Welsh third division or whatever the fuck (laughs) to to just because like Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney are involved. Right. Second. um, Is uh, gambling. Yeah. Gambling's yeah. coming. Embrace and, it. And people love gambling on sports. MLS is at a lot of like dead periods for stuff. Mm-hmm. Um people are gonna people are gonna get more involved, I think, just just with gambling. Yeah. I think that like the other thing too is that like you have to embrace what you are with MLS and it goes along with gambling. Is that like MLS is a minor league on the world stage, yep. comparatively speaking, it's a minor league. And how do minor leagues attract attention? Well, I mean, the best example I can think of is is the the Mid American Conference, the MAC. The MAC is a gambling league. It's a league yeah. that is it's televised on Wednesday nights. Where have I heard this before? Televised on Wednesday nights and Tuesday nights, and they lean heavily into gambling overs, unders, and they know what their audience is. Their audience is people rooting for points, rooting for scores. And with this Apple TV deal, there will be tremendous opportunity to do a lot of gambling overlays, like percent yep. chances of this. Keep the the over under on the score bug. Tell people who the favorites are. Best bets to score. If I'm yeah. the league. I partner with a gambling organization and I go to fucking town on this. I know Reuter, when we had him on, was like, I don't want to talk about this. It's boring. He wasn't into it. But the league has to be into it. The league has to get into it. And it has to give people a reason to care about these games and gambling. I know I'm going to be betting as soon as it becomes legal in Ohio. I'm going to have money on all these games. It's going to be great. You'll be able to gamble at the stadium. That'll be a thing. Um, Out of my 18, uh, sports washing, which feels like a safe one. But I want to offer everybody a uh, a moral out to watching the World Cup. And I've been thinking about this. So if you you feel conflicted about watching the World Cup, and I think it's very fair to feel conflicted, allow me to to offer you a guilt-free viewing uh, uh, excuse here. what the Qatari government is doing is an attempt to make themselves so important that they matter in sort of like geopolitical arenas. They, they've had issues with Saudi Arabia in the past where Saudi Arabia literally dug a ditch around their country to prevent people from going in and out. Uh, so they want to, to safeguard against that. But I want to say sports washing only works 
if you let them get away with it. It only works if you refuse to acknowledge the human rights abuses, the secret police, the uh, the, the the abuse of sexual minorities, and the deaths of at best migrant workers and at worst slaves. You can watch this, and as long as you don't leave this World Cup with a positive impression of the Qatari government and and their kingdom, uh, their literal monarchy that runs uh, that country, it's it. I think it's safe. I think you're okay. You're not you're not giving them what they want. Yes, you will know that Qatar is a government and is a country that exists in the world. Okay, fair. They win that one. But outside of that, you're not giving them what they are paying all of this for, and therefore it is a waste of money. Now, could they have spent money in better ways? Oh, absolutely. But I think that this is this is your opportunity to, as long as you acknowledge and and don't let them get away with these abuses the entire enterprise has failed and and they've done the the opposite they've actually given themselves a giant advertisement to their their abuses i don't know if i'm alone in this view in this take but in my opinion sports washing only works if you let it work so don't let it work uh grayson do you have a an 11 to put something into yeah in the 11 <laughs> is uh Sports washing, no. <laughs> no. Uh, bears. Hey, bears. Okay. okay. So talk to I me. was in I was in Gatlinburg last weekend, and they call <laughs> they call Gatlinburg uh, hillbilly Vegas. It's not. It's hillbilly Moss Eisley. Uh, there is no more wretched hive of scum or villainy than that you will ever see. Yeah, um, that's fair. I never remember but, Moss Eisley having as many pancake restaurants, but you know. <laughs> But, um, well, they, you couldn't tell they were pancakes because they were blue and cubes. Ah, yes. Um, so, but uh, I, had a, I had a very neat experience uh, in my cabin. Um, I was hanging out out on, our, out on the deck and uh, having, uh, let's, say a, let's say, a juice. And uh, uh, I saw uh, some movement down at the, at the cabin next to ours. And there, was a, there were three bears. And oh my God. <laughs> they were they were walking around the car that was parked in the driveway. It was a Cadillac SUV. And I see a bear kind of put its paw um, on the door and oh, door pops open. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and so like I proceed to spend oh like, like 30, 30 minutes uh, watching these three bears just like kind of go in and out of this uh, <laughs> of this Cadillac SUV. And uh, it was, you know, it was it was kind of cool. And I thought, well, should I be doing something? I don't know. What am I going to do? Like, right, right. I'm not you putting myself away. I'm not going right. to putting myself on the line. Plus, you know, we're in their place. You know, it's like, <laughs> right. you know, so. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I liked I liked it. I think I think bears are cool. Uh, did they very... get any other doors open or was no, it they just did. the one? They, did. They, they actually got oh both open. So they were they were going like <laughs> through the through the car and i was like i man i i don't know what this is i hope these are not leather seats but they, they almost certainly are leather seats yeah yeah how, oh how much God. would you laugh if the bear came out like with the car's radio or something like that that <laughs> <laughs> the bear was clearly just, fencing the, the bear was clearly fencing illegal goods it's just a guy in a bear suit <laughs> oh no it's the third bear radio burglary this week oh my god <laughs> that's who, incredible who, who would have thought <laughs> 
Bears were really into electronics. Who knew? Right. I guess though, like, isn't stealing a car radio? That's like a really 1990s, early 2000s thing. I don't get the sense that happens a lot in new cars with all the touch screens and shit like that. I don't think it's like it used to be. Yeah. No. Yeah. Does your average thief know how valuable a given radio could be? Maybe not even. Like, I feel like nobody even, like, buys car radios anymore. No, do you remember that back in the day that, like, you'd have a car, you'd take it to Best Buy, and you'd get the aftermarket radio put in? Yep, yep. So when I was in school. With the removable faceplate. I got several several stolen in college, yeah. When I was was in school, um, I had my car parked outside my apartment, and it was one of those really, really cold days, nights, and uh northwest ohio and so i come out the next morning and i'm walking up to my car and as i'm looking in i can see the dashboard of my car and like there's a bunch of wires where the radio should be and my first thought no jokes it was early in the morning was wow it's so cold the radio popped out (laughs) in a way you were right (laughs) and then i looked in and like the side window was smashed and it was just the the dashboard was ripped off and i was out my alpine i was very upset damn that's that's brutal uh grayson you got anything to put out of the 18 yeah out of the 18 this week is the film room because we're not oh, doing no. it. <laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we will. We will be doing the film room again very soon, folks. Um, yes. Just so you know, we we decided to do a kind of companion piece. Um, Netflix dropped the uh, documentary FIFA Uncovered about the corruption leading up to the Qatar World Cup. And we decided it made sense to do something that we'd already been planning to do with it, which has watched the FIFA propaganda film United Passions, which yes. talks about how FIFA is just such a wonderful uh, organization um, <laughs> that's been on the right side of every issue throughout the 20th century. Of and how like, they, 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 they courageously got together to give the world something to unite behind the World Cup and bring <laughs> cultures together as they awarded the game to repressive regimes and <laughs> over and, and over, over and, and over, over again. <laughs> all while so anyway, somehow all while somehow getting very rich. I don't know I don't can't imagine mysterious. how this would be personally lucrative to people like Seth Blatter, but you know. So anyway, uh if people want to watch those, um you got about two weeks and you'll know what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, they're very so- easy to find. The FIFA Uncovered is on Netflix. Um and United Passions is available on uh, a service called Plex That's and a service called Tubi, T-U-B-I. Yeah, we'll, and I don't know, we'll maybe some other stuff. Links, I think, on yeah, the we'll, we'll, we'll find, we'll, we'll find some, some places for you guys to watch, preferably for free. I know those two are free. Yeah. Um, there may be others. Yeah. The uh yeah, and just to give people a sense of the uh, the schedule, obviously the World Cup starting in just a couple of days, if not already started by the time you've listened to this. Uh we are taking a week off for Thanksgiving and we'll be back uh that week after Thanksgiving. So you have the Thanksgiving break to watch these two wonderful uh pieces of film, uh the uh, the FIFA propaganda film and uh and, and and then the the one that undoes all of the propaganda uh for our for our episode in two weeks so and also well, if was... you uh if you find yourself over the thanksgiving holiday and you have another obscure 1980s or 1990s video game movie that you want us yes. to watch or something else soccer related for the film room 
it's going to be a long off season. So for the love of God, please slide into the DMs and give us other movies to watch. <laughs> yes, please. Um, I think I'll do it for part one. Part two, let's talk about the World Cup. It's what everybody is talking about, right? Uh, we'll, we'll touch on that. And then uh, part three, we'll wrap it up with some FC Cincinnati news because we're still, I guess, kind of sort of an FC Cincinnati podcast. So part two, World Cup coming up. We're back. We're talking the World Cup. Uh, this is a weird... I, I don't know how you guys feel about this. On one hand, like, the hype for the World Cup and, like, the concept that it's happening has finally just hit me the last couple of days. And in some ways, it feels less hyped than a normal World Cup because just, like, the weird place that's falling in the sports calendar. I, I don't know if anybody else has had a similar, like, oh, shit, like, that's next week sort of feeling, but yeah, I, it's the, I don't know. It's the middle of the NFL season. Like, I understand we're I understand we're a soccer podcast, but I'm I've made it very clear in my previous takes how much I hate motherfuckers that are like you have to pick liking one or the other. That right. if you like soccer, you have to call football hand egg or whatever the hell those insufferable <laughs> motherfuckers on Twitter do. But like, yes. yeah, it's college football. It's the heart of conference play for college football. It's the NFL. Uh, the NBA is back. The NHL is is back. Uh, college basketball just got started. I mean, Xavier plays Indiana on Friday night, or just played Indiana, depending on when you listen to <laughs> right. this. UC just lost to NKU. It's magic. Um, we don't need to mention that one. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's tough to wrap your head around the idea that it's time for the World Cup. The World Cup's a summer activity. Um, I yeah. don't know. I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not feeling it this year. And I, I think that there's a lot going into that beyond the woke aspects or the, you know, anti-Qatari aspects is that the men's nat us team didn't look great in the buildup. They didn't take the player from my team that I wanted them to take. Um, yep. It's half a world away. I just, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'll be there as soon as I start playing games, but in terms of being hype right now, no, not there. I'm I've, I've hit the point where, you know, I've said all the complaining that I, that I, you know, would have said about, you know, Greg and the player selection and all of that. And I'm ready to turn the corner, be all positive. We're going to win the World Cup, right? Like, especially yeah. as, so as soon as we start playing, as soon as we start playing, I'll be all in for the U.S. games. Yeah. I don't know that I'll watch like a lot of other World Cup because of the timing and everything, but uh, I do plan to watch all the U.S. games and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be all in. So. I, 5 a.m. kickoffs are, uh, <laughs> they're going to be fun. They're going to be a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how we do with those. Um, it's uh, also the other thing about yeah. this, too, is just that it's just everything about this feels wrong. Yeah. And so it's it's hard to have gotten excited about it because even if you're not one of these people that are into virtue signaling or you know think that that's bad, by the same token, it's like everyone's aware that this was this was a stolen World Cup bid. It was bought and paid for. They moved the physical time that it was being played at. Um, everyone knows how repressive the Qatari regime is, how anti-human rights they are, and all that. It's just it does feel even if you're not someone that's that's big into this idea of oh I have to be on the right side of everything i should only support the right corporations watch the right media do it, it still does feel wrong to be super hype about guitar and the other thing yeah. too is like i don't know about you guys i'm kind of judging the people that go 
Yeah, a little like, bit. Like a little bit. Like, yeah. Do I yeah. want to be at the World Cup? Yeah. Do I think it'd be funny to be at this World Cup just to see how fucked up it is? Yeah. But by the same token, it's like I am kind of judgy about the person that was real excited to put down multiple thousands of dollars to go to Qatar. And they've got yeah. like the pictures of like the tent cities. It looks like the literal fire fest is happening yes. over again over there. Yes. Like, I don't know that like there's so much wrong it just it feels weird getting hype about it look i think it's I, fine yeah. for the people that are going to cover it like if you're right. getting like if you if it's your job to go you're cover it like you don't, yeah. no, you don't no have judgment. to you don't have to you don't have to you know explain yourself or apologize for that um i am going to be side-eyed with all the fans going because i'm going to assume yeah. all of them are taking this cutter money <laughs> <laughs> right or right. they are it, like implicitly because you know that like tweeting about the wrong thing will get you at best, you know, pulled aside, asked to delete it, whatever. And at worst, yeah, disappeared. Uh, an awkward conversation with your embassy, you know, like. But but as far as it being like a oppressive regime, like. You know, I don't know. It's I, I'm not trying to say like all things are the same or all things are equal, but. The 2018 was in Russia. Right. The next one's great either. <laughs> the, the next right. one's going to be in the United States, which is like the most carceral state on the planet. <laughs> um, and, you know, like I live here and I love our team. I'm not I'm not going to, yep, you know, yep, yep. like I'm not I'm not going to get all. Look, I'm not going to get all American hating on this, but I'm going to say, like. If you if you're going to let it preoccupy you when you're watching the games that the games are in Qatar, then like. If you're not thinking about that every time you're watching every sporting event, then like yeah. you got to you got to open your eyes up, you know? Yeah. I don't know. This one feels a little different though, a little bit. Like I understand Russia Russia is actively murdering Ukraines. Not great. We're I disavow. They've already we, done it. We it was, it was after the it was like after they'd already invaded Crimea. Right. No, yeah. but like, but at this one, it was like, how many hundreds of migrants died building these stadiums? Like, there's a degree of difference between right. Qatar. It's like none of these actors are good. Like, this is not like Russia is not a good world actor. Uh, when they had the Olympics in China, not a good world actor. So like, but we're debating how much of a failing grade you're getting. Like anything below <laughs> right. a, a D is an F, but like a zero is markedly different than a 50 in terms of like how much you studied for the fucking test. Right, right. It's uh, anything below like a Greece, you start side-eyeing, you know, like Italy, oh, all right, it's a passing grade, but like, I'm kind of worried about had, you. They had the World <laughs> Cup in Mussolini's Italy. Right. They had right. the World Cup in 1978. I think 78. Um, I, always, I, always met, I always mess up yeah. the Olympic years and the World Cup years, but let's say yeah. 78. Uh, in Argentina, Argentina, when Argentina yeah. was a fascist state, and they yeah. played the final, spoiler alert, like 50 yards from a, from a prison where they were literally torturing and disappearing people. Like, they were throwing yeah. people into the ocean. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, they've, yeah. they do... This shit happens, yeah. <laughs> like like right. sports. Sports do this, and like yes, it is sports washing. And you know, Cutter does think that they're going to be able to put this on, and it's like, oh, we are bringing the Middle East into the world, you know. And they, there's been so many conversations about how we are opening up the Middle right. East and the Arabic world to to the mainstream. To we're going global, and it's like. 
you know, with the, the Saudis being global, you know, they got all the money, <laughs> right. they got all the money in Twitter and in Silicon Valley. And you got the, the Saudi Aramco, the biggest, like the most profitable company, I think in the world. Yep. Um, and they're investing in, in, you know, all the big tech companies and startups and stuff. And it's okay to, I mean, it's not okay, but cause like, it's not okay for like, if you're in a position to do something, you shouldn't just take the money and shut up. But we're just, we're nobody. Right. You know, like all we can do is either watch the game or not watch the game. And as long right. as you just, as long as you don't get, because I've seen people who I think are going to cut her. I don't know if they're taking the money or not, but I've seen like MLS fans, people with like Seattle Sounders in their bio and stuff, like really going out and saying like, well, actually only 37 migrants died according to this report that was put out by the cutter. That was oh, put out by the like. Like, don't, don't fucking do that. Right. You know, right. like, don't make excuses. Don't let it for work. For what's going yeah. on, right? Just, Kevin already said it. Don't make excuses. Don't let it work on you. But, you know, if you're, if you're watching the U.S. versus Wales on Monday, and you're yeah. enjoying yourself, and it's a fun game to watch, and you're happy if the U.S. wins that game, you don't have to apologize to anybody. Right. You know, I thought it was interesting too the the journalist point. You don't you don't accuse a war correspondent of like supporting the war because they're giving it coverage, you know? Like I feel I feel that way about the, about some of the journalists. Obviously, depending on on what sort of content you're putting out there, it can certainly flavor that. But in general, I don't think you should begrudge anybody actually going to uh uh to cover it. In fact, that uh that Dutch reporter the chief mentioned earlier is apparently like the number one war correspondent from the Netherlands. Like they sent him <laughs> there. So when they were harassing him, he's like, "Yeah, I've I've, I've hung out with the Taliban." I'm like you, right. you guys are nothing. So before we get into predictions, before we get into <laughs> yes. predictions for the U.S. team and the and for how this is going to go, what's your best bet for weird, fucked up thing that's going to happen at the World Cup? <sighs> it's already it's happened. Good. Mine has already happened. The reports out today that like. Cutter is bribing the Ecuadorian national team uh, and has agreed to pay players upwards of like seven million dollars to yeah. throw the to throw the opening game on Sunday. Now that I immediately that. made that game must watch TV for me. Yeah, I have I to watch this that. game to see what happens. But apparently, the guys putting that out there are like hardcore partisan Bahraini. And so, like, they're trying to smear Qatar is is the spin. Obviously, it's probably a pro Qatar spin on this. So I I saw the same thing though. Very concerning. A non Twitter blue check mark was right. was posting this. So, so you have to. You don't get to use that one. I don't get to use the video footage of people picking up a Budweiser tent and trying to hide it from view because they said the beer tent was too prominent. And you just have these this image of these workers who I'm assuming are migrants as well. So sorry about that. Like hauling a Budweiser tent around a corner so that the camera can't see it. So you have to pick something that will happen, not something yeah, that's okay. already happened. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll pick something that will happen, but I do want to say... Um, uh, did you see that the U.S. men's national team played a friendly against migrant workers? Yes. I don't know what to like, think about that. It sounds it, nice, but did they make them be there? It can did only they, be Did they bad. make them lose? So it's they either a tone-deaf positive gesture or it's fucking dark. Like, there's no winning in that scenario. 
Um, oh so, okay, so, so here's something is um, I, I am, I am very curious what happens around the Iranian national team. Mm. Um, and like, does Iran end up sitting, you know, one of their star players because they've been, you know, insufficiently supportive of the regime during all these, all these, uh, uh, women's rights protests that are going on over in Iran. Um, yeah. I don't know if this is batshit insane, but I do think it's an interesting developing story. Yeah, because they they because they got a guy who's a who's a forward for for Bayer Leverkusen who has spoken out in support of the uh, protests, and apparently their lineup announcement was actually delayed because the government was pressuring the coach it's not to pick him. Yeah, Oof. which yeah. would be good for us. <laughs> more chaos please can can half the welsh team like suddenly become in favor of welsh independence and refuse to play until their their politicians given or get um, ryan reynolds to pay them all off with wrexham contracts if they don't right. uh they don't try against the united states right please um i think my prediction is uh the the fucked up thing that'll happen at the world cup is uh i think we're gonna see some security forces overreact to what i'll call light hooliganism and there's gonna be there's gonna be a fucking incident i think you're gonna have some some somehow expensively drunk let's say english fans or, or some other stereotypical drinking nation and uh you're, you're gonna have some twitchy trigger fingers and it's it's gonna be a mess uh, uh yeah. my prediction my prediction is that pirates will invade the ao boat and will rob <laughs> Will rob all the soccer fans blind at gunpoint. That's our travel I mean, money. If you know an entire cruise ship is going to be empty for a two-hour period, even if Why you're just another you? nation, yeah. yeah, on another cruise ship, you just coast right on up and right. see what you can yeah, get. No, it'll be the guy. You'll get on the boat. Look at me. I'm the AO board of directors now. And they're going to sail that fucking thing right in international waters and loot every single cabin. And you're going to have all the traveling members of AO drunk unable to get back to their boat and being rounded up by Qatari authorities for public intoxication. It's going to be incredible. <laughs> oh, oh, I got that. I got it. So, so I do think that there's going to be a member of AO who's arrested, like while the ship is in port and he's just going to start screaming because he'll be too drunk about like maritime law or about like being in international waters. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite things when people are like, Oh, we're in international waters. Like it's just it's like, like a, so that scene out of a diplomatic immunity. It's like you can yeah. do whatever you want. It's like no, yeah. it's not how this, that's not how any of this works. The entire ship is a diplomatic bag, sir. <laughs> this is this is fair game. Um, so instead of uh, predicting, I don't know, security forces storming hooligans and pirates raiding cruise ships, should we <laughs> should we talk about the U.S. national team for a second? Um, I. I, I I liked I liked I will say Joseph Mamey suggested we predict what everybody else will predict uh, will happen, <laughs> which is just too meta, and I don't think I can wrap my head around it for the moment. But um, is USA getting out of the group? Yes or no? I guess that's the first question. I gotta say yes. I have, I have to. to. As an American, have I have to, to say, say yes. yes. But I mean, looking at their games, what my prediction is: they will draw Wales. Oof, they will lose yeah. to England. And then their advancement will come down to how badly they beat Iran on goal differential. They'll go into that Iran game with one point. They will finish with four. 
and they will be in a struggle to it'll be between them and Wales as to who advances based on what the goal differential situation is. Yeah. I I think the Wales game will determine how this group goes. I think we win that we get out. I think we lose that. I think it's over. I think you I lose to Wales it's over. Um mathematically of course it isn't, but I right, I right, think right. that is that is the direction your your world cup will go. Um Who's the hero? Yeah, uh Tyler Adams. I think I think we I think we rise or fall with Tyler Adams. If Tyler Adams is everywhere, if he's if he's winning every ball in the midfield, um if he stays healthy the entire World Cup, I think that I think that we are I think we're sitting pretty. I think if he doesn't have his I think if he doesn't have a great game every time, then it's going to put a lot of pressure on our on our center backs especially. Mm-hmm. And I I I just don't know because like Zimmerman and Reem haven't played together a lot because Reem hasn't been getting called into the national team camp. I just, I just don't know that, that, that they're, I don't know that they, that they have it in them to be like the stars and withstand like what they're going to have to withstand against frankly, all three of these teams. Yeah. All three of these teams have better attackers than anybody we've seen in, in CONCACAF. Yeah. Um, May you know and yeah I I'll I'll stand by that statement. Maybe Canada. Canada probably better than Iran, but I'll 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 back you. I'm not saying better. <laughs> I'm not saying they're all better than everybody we played in Concacaf, but mm. I don't think like I think Davies missed most to qualify. He did. The, Jonathan David and Kyle Laren though, pretty pretty potent combo. I think I think Iran's got Iran's got two strikers better than both of them. Okay. They got they got a guy they got a guy uh, who's gotten like. He has something like 46 goals and 61 appearances yeah. with the national team. And he's with Leverkusen. They got another guy who's got like, I don't know, has scored in like 70 or 80% of his games in Portland, in Portugal Jeez. for, Jesus. for, uh, uh, I, I want to say Porto or Benfica, one of them. Yeah. One of the big teams there. I mean, they got, and they got speed. Um, they are so, mostly a domestic team for what that's worth. And yeah, Lacania yeah, dominated that league. Yeah. If that gives anybody a frame of reference, and actually, actually, a lot of the domestic <laughs> players were on Lacania's team, Persepolis, yeah. which which seems to be is, the big yeah. the big team there. Um, but yeah, so so I think I think that I think it's going to come down to the midfield, and I really do think that Tyler Adams um, needs to be the most important player of the group stage. Yeah, uh, would you agree? I I am of this opinion. Uh, Tim Ream starts against Wales. Yes, I think so. Yeah. 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 I think you have to. Wales I don't think England can do it. Wales and England's pl- best players all play it play in English leagues. Yeah. And that's where that's where Tim that's where Tim Ream yeah. plays <laughs> and looks pretty good. So Right. Um I think it'll be interesting. I, I'm very curious how the front three shakes out. Uh Tim Weah kind of hinted in an interview accidentally by trying to like not talk about it that uh he might be starting as striker up top, which would give you uh, Giorena and uh, Pulisic as your wingers with Wea up top as opposed to Ferreira or Sargent, um, which I think would be fascinating to see how that shakes out. Um, and I, I'm a big believer in uh, Eunice Musa. I think he has the potential to be the breakout star here, someone who could get a winter move to the Premier League if he if he shows well in this tournament. And I think if I think if the US 
gets out of the group, he is in line for a big transfer. I think that's how we're going to have to get out. It's got to be, it's got to be Pulisic. And I know it's the cliche answer is that they're going to need to score goals to win this world cup. And if Pulisic isn't in form, isn't scoring goals, they have absolutely no chance at all. Yeah. He's far and away the best player on the field in terms of ability to score, to score the foot, the ball. He's got to do it. Yeah. I I think that's very fair. And we've seen this team struggle when he struggles. And when he's on, like against Panama and qualifying, look unbeatable. It looks right. like a team that cannot be stopped. He, he, hopefully he doesn't look up because otherwise, if he does that, he'll notice how many non-Americans are in the crowd. And <laughs> we just can't have that. Really throws him off when you do that. You got to right. be careful with him. Very sensitive boy. Uh, if the U.S. were to get out of the group, just just to just to glance ahead, just to glance ahead, uh, we would play either the winner or runner-up, depending on where we end up, of Group A. In that group are uh, Ecuador, the Netherlands, Qatar, and Senegal. And I like our chances against all of them except for the Netherlands. So. I I mean, this, this tournament could set up nicely if the U.S. is able to put it all together. And I will say this. If you're looking for a reason to be optimistic, um, outside of center backs, this is the healthiest the U.S. men's national team has been in five years. Like, this is the, the best roster. We are able to put all of our best players on the field at the same time. Again, minus two center backs <laughs> the two starting center backs we, we probably would have liked to have started in this and miles robinson and chris richards um and so like that's exciting and because we haven't got to see that all click before um i the the, the ceiling the potential of this team is massive and i think it's very very fair to get super hyped about that um so yeah i don't know is there anything else we want to touch on with the uh the world cup the the national team well, who, overall, who, who, do you guys who, who gets out of the, who gets out of the group? Who gets uh, out, of, all the groups? out of out of no out of our group? Just ours, Ooh. U.S. and England. I mean, it's got to be U.S. and England. Although England is ripe for like classic big country meltdown, and like if they only draw against. I don't know. Wales lose to the United States and draw to Iran. There's a there's a world where they don't get out. And uh, Wales and the U.S. get through, or something like that. I'm, I'm, I'm going uh, also U.S. A, and a Iran. There's also a world where the the entire group is just everybody drawing and beating Iran. Like that's also. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go U.S. and Iran. I think we beat uh, Wales. So we we beat Wales, tie England, lose to Iran. Iran beats Wales, ties England, beats us, and Wales and England tie. <laughs> that would get us in a run out. <laughs> Dang on. I mean, I don't think the English media would survive that. I think you will collectively trigger like 30 heart attacks across all of your favorite writers in England. It would be a, that would be a major problem. Um so yeah, I don't know. Who do you guys have winning it all? Let me let me just throw that out there. I don't know. Do have we thought about this? Do we care? No, fucking Brazil. I don't know. France. Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. I I think Argentina is gonna win. I think that I think that team is too good. Um, is Papa that Gomez on that team? 
uh, Papu Gomez, uh, classic what if FC Cincinnati target. Also, right, anyway. uh, they just they just added uh, Tiago Almeida from uh, Atlanta United, a, a late addition to the club or to the uh, to the national team. So we will have MLS representation uh, on on, for my opinion, the best team in the tournament. So there you go. Uh, should we move over to part three? Talk about FCC because we yep. we already mentioned Papu. Let's do it. All right, part three coming up. Back at it, part three. I guess we got to do this real quick because it's uh, FCC news. And let's be real, at this point in the year, do you really care? A couple of things happened uh, with some FCC player movement. Johnny Nelson, not Alvaro Barrial, as St. Louis posted the uh, the wrong photo of. Uh, Johnny Nelson taken in the expansion draft. Um, Cheap domestic depth, that's probably what you want out of a... uh, out of an expansion draft, but Junior Moreno is right there. Um, maybe he's a touch expensive, but that was a, uh, I don't know, if you're taking an FCC player that was available, might have gone that way. Um, FCC also announced some off-season moves. Uh, ben Mines, see you later. Sorry, buddy, it never worked out. I really wanted it to. Um, and uh, Ronald Matarita just on his way out, which is a huge disappointment, if only for this. Uh, he takes away our only opportunity to have an FCC player playing in the World Cup. Now he joins Kendall Watson as two former FCC players on the Costa Rica national team. But would have been nice to have a guy under contract there uh, uh, in Qatar. And then uh, names not mentioned in the shuffle of uh, players with declined options and not on the roster, uh, Yuya Kubo and Dom Baji, uh, two guys that I guess we are renegotiating contracts. Everybody and their mother said they would take Kubo back on a smaller contract. We're about to see if Chris Albright agreed with that. Maybe they can get that deal across the line. And maybe one of you two can explain this one to me. Kenneth Vermeer is back on the team how did this happen? This feels like this feels like something terrible has happened to allow this to be true. Grayson, us, do you have an explanation? Yeah. Or, so or it's, I don't have an explanation for any of it. Um, <laughs> from what from what I've gathered from from talking to various reporters on on Twitter and reading the team stuff, um, Kubo, Baji, and Vermeer were both out of contract this year, but then had options for next year. But they were not listed as players whose options were picked up. They were not listed as players whose options were declined. And no no mention was made of them signing longer-term deals or or anything. Um, I did hear some rumbling that there were some, quote-unquote, factors that... (laughs) That, Never like a factor <laughs> that caused the that caused some options to automatically be picked up. Oh boy! But I can't imagine what what metric would cause <laughs> uh, particularly particularly Baji and Vermeer's options to be picked up automatically, but not players like Moreno who had to be exercised, Powell who had to be exercised, Cameron who was declined. I mean, these Even guys Moderita, all played. Yeah. Oh, Mod- yeah. Moderita's option. Well, Moderita was out all season though. Well, the problem, the, the big difference so, yeah. here is that Vermeer's contract would have been negotiated by LA. 
So all these, other, all these other contracts mm. would have been negotiated by either Albright or, or NICAMP. Uh, or NICAMP. And we don't yeah. know, like, for all we know, whatever the option is on Vermeer's contract may have been triggered by how much he played in LA and how much he played that first season here in Cincinnati when he was the starter for almost a full year. I don't. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? But it feels like if Kubo's option was automatically picked up, it whatever incentive was in that contract. Remember, he was signed as a forward. So you would right. think you would think the the metrics would be gauged on Goals, your production as shots. a forward. Yeah, yeah. And there's no something. way he hit anything. And like as much as I love the guy, like he's not met any like attacker incentives right. other than maybe minutes. Yeah, you and look like, at I'm minutes not, appearances. Yeah. I'm not mad he's back, but I do wonder like if Kubo and Baji in particular are back on similar contracts to what they were on last year, then, you know, that's, I mean, it's not the end of the world. We still have a lot of money coming out the budget, but it's not, you know, quite as much as we maybe expected. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is what, uh contract hell feels like is when you see Vermeer's name is still on still on the sheet. Um, well, and then if Vermeer is on the team again, why do you pick up Evan Loro? Yeah. I don't know. Look, I'm not gonna sense. get mad. I'm not gonna get mad about guys on minimum deals. I'm just right, not right. gonna get mad about whoever's on a minimum contract. But why bother going through the motions? Did FCC not expect Vermeer to be here? Do they expect him to mutually terminate his deal? Um, yeah, it's it's a weird, it's a weird thought there. I mean, they do um, have that, they do have that one time <laughs> get this bum out of my site MLS contract cancellation. And like we were gosh. talking earlier in the year, like yeah. they might not have anyone to use it on. So maybe they maybe they're gonna have to do that with Vermeer. Yeah, do you do it with Kubo and then renegotiate? <laughs> You you buy him out just so it's off the books, and then you ask him to come back. Uh, you can so, ask him to come back for a league minimum if you pay him out a full year salary. I think when you buy somebody <laughs> out, they go through waivers. Oh, okay. Because so other teams would actually be a clever way to, to get out of. <laughs> other teams get to get to make bids on okay. them. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I'm thinking, hey, man, if you're a DP in your last season of the contract or whatever, we buy you out now. You come back on a senior minimum and we got a DP for 85 grand. <laughs> Not a bad deal. A um, couple of players coming in, though, uh, rumored uh, Matt Hedges. It seems FCC decided to put this one literally in bright lights on a billboard uh, that is TQL Stadium. Matt Hedges, uh, 32 years old, will be 33 right around the season starting. Uh, we did say goodbye to Jeff Cameron, probably because he was a little too old. Now it looks like we may be signing a relatively old center back to replace him. I'm a huge fan of this move, but gut check. How do we feel about Matt Hedges, a uh, FC Dallas legend? That's, it's in? it's nice because there, you do age out of soccer at a certain point, despite what, you know, Cellini and Gareth Bale would have you believe. <laughs> but yes. like, I'm, I'm not, I don't hate the idea of you're getting rid of an aging Jeff Cameron to get a veteran player that's maybe on a slightly shorter timetable. Um, you want experience in the center back role. You want people that are old heads. 
that know positioning, know how to organize a back line. You especially want people theoretically that have experience in this league playing center yeah. back for you. So no, I have no problem with this. You get slightly younger, but you don't get that inexperience that you would get by playing a really young player. So I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really uh psyched about this move. I mean, like with everything in MLS, it it depends on depends on the money. Like if he sure. comes if he were to come in as like a Max Tam player, like making Mac, Matt Miazga money, you know, I'd have some questions. Like I, I wouldn't sure. but if you know, if he were to come in at his nine hundred thousand dollars that he made last year i mean it sounds like a lot of money but i looked at the salary table today and i looked at the center backs who were making um you know that kind of money and a little bit above and a little bit below and i feel like matt hedges that's a pretty good player in that group and you remember tyler blackett was making more than eight hundred thousand dollars (laughs) doing jack shit so even if he's just like a straight swap for tyler blackett um can you imagine in your head there being other better moves? Sure. You know, like if you're like, There's if we could always have, a better move, if yes. we could have like, <laughs> if we could have Alexander Callens on the same money, you know, sure. maybe, I, maybe I prefer that. Um, but, you know, I don't, I look, I don't watch FC Dallas. Um, so all I can do is, is go by what the internet tells me he did. And he started something like 27 games this year. He was the yeah. captain in every single one of his starts. They finished third in the West. Um, Matt Doyle said that he had a quote unquote super season. Um, yeah. Uh, he listed hedges in his FC Dallas like season review as one of the five players for them to build around when they didn't pick up his option. Doyle was like, this is a huge mistake. There, it's really hard to get good center backs in this league, and the money is worth it. He's worth, I think his option was like a million dollars, and Dallas didn't want to pay it. Um, if anybody, so I know he missed a lot of time in 21, and I've seen some stuff in the various social, in like the Discord and on Twitter, that, that pe- people in our fan base have like very specific opinions about what Hedges is worth. Right. And uh, look, People I, look, I do it. I pop off all the time, but like people who were like, oh, Hedges is only worth like $400,000 or $500,000. He wasn't good last year. Anybody in our fan base who's saying something like that is probably just making shit up. You know, they're just like right. shooting from the hip. Like they kind of remember <laughs> that he was hurt in 21 or something. I just, I just feel like if Albright says that he's worth $900,000 or yeah something a little bit above or a little bit below that, whatever he were to come in at, um, you know, I, I, I'll give him, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and I'll, you know, we'll see for ourselves if he signs here, you know, how he plays, but getting a, getting a guy who's been MLS best 11, who has been, um, a multiple time all-star who has been MLS defender of the year, who, I think still, you know, at 33, if you sign him to a two-year deal with an option year, that's like perfect. That's that's fine for a center back. You know, like uh 30 Tim Ream is 35, Jeff Cameron is 37, you know? Yeah. And you have somebody like Ian Murphy who were were maybe is seeing as one for the future. And man, what how much what could you ask for? 
as a rookie or second year <laughs> player, your rookie season, you're playing with Matt Miazga, and Jeff Cameron. And then you got Matt Hedges coming in your second year. You can yeah. learn from these guys. If he was, if he doesn't become a MLS quality center back after getting to learn under those three guys, then it was just right. never going to happen for him. Right. You right. Know? I mean, he's already flashed the ability to play in terms of athletic right, exactly. ability. Right, exactly. I'm not doubting instinct. him at all. Yeah. yeah. So, no, it's, it's a, good, a good academy to go through, so they say. So I love, I love this move. Yeah. No, that's great. And, uh, yeah, you think about this. FCC needs to replace Jeff Cameron and uh, Tyler Blackett. You take Blackett's salary, give it to Matt Hedges. You still have Jeff Cameron's salary to play with. Maybe that's a U22 player you 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 give a shot to. Um, tons of defensive salary to still play with. Plus, Matarita's salary. You're probably not going to spend all of that back into a left back. So, tons and tons of good options there. Um, gentlemen, are we missing anything for FCC? Or are we going to call this a pod? Well, uh, there were there were two other rumors I'll just touch on briefly. Oh, please. Uh, one was there was some Twitter stuff that was trying to restart the Papu Gomez to FC Cincinnati. I think that's fake. Bring it um, on, baby. I'm still on the Papu train. Um, and then uh, apparently Jeff Birding either went to Ghana or Gahanna. <laughs> Slightly different places. To, to, sign a, to sign a U22 player. Um, and I'm not sure whether the person's coming from Columbus or coming from Hearts of Oak in Accra, Ghana. So uh, more on that later. <laughs> either one. Um, I do like the idea. I know everybody wanted Jeff Birding out of uh, soccer operations. I like the idea of Jeff doing this on his own. He is he has scouted this player. Right. And he is going to go <laughs> sign this player. Or so, is it Trust like, me, Chris. He's really good. Or is it like one of those things where, um, like in the office, where they gave Creed his own blog, but it was really just a word document that they're letting <laughs> Jeff sign a player, but like he goes there and the player is like, it's of no consequence, but he has to feel like he's involved in some way. <laughs> I also picture Jeff Birding showing up these places like Marcus Brody from Indiana Jones in the last crusade. <laughs> like getting off the plane in Ghana. It's like, does anyone here speak English at all? <laughs> I like that. I would I would send Jeff after your Papu Gomez's. It's like, look, if he lands them, great. Right. It's a miracle. If he doesn't, we're not out anything. Right. <laughs> they think Americans are annoying anyway we're not right. burning a reputation here um, oh, Jeff and got lost in his own museum <laughs> yeah. oh and then as far as i know we haven't done anything in the re-entry in the re-entry or waiver drafts that were today so yeah uh tomorrow i think is is round two that's usually where there's some action so if we're gonna pick somebody up it might be there uh so keep a lookout for us picking up a guy who will play for 200 minutes next season um there we go. Uh, call it a pod. Gentlemen, uh, look forward to sports watching this World Cup with you uh, over the next couple of weeks and uh, get on those uh, movies for uh, the film room in two weeks. Otherwise, enjoy your turkey, everybody. Fuck Columbus. Fuck Seth Blatter. <laughs> <laughs>